specific hotels, and you can find out if they had bed bugs, or uh, you can find out if, you know, the service staff was adequate there. You can do all those things uh, on TripAdvisor. So what I've done is I've begun to pick out different trips within the Scripture. And tonight, the message that I'm going to be preaching is called this, um, directions. There's two things that you need on a trip, okay? I'm sorry, this computer is not cooperating with me. Okay. Two things that you need on a trip. Number one, you need directions. And number two, you need provision, okay, or provisions, okay? We need to know where we're going. We know what we need to know what we're going to eat, okay? And uh, how many of you remember the days uh, when you uh, pulled out this big map in your car, Rand McNally map? Most of you kind of remember that, okay? That was in the days before smartphones. You pulled out the Rand McNally map, and it was usually of an entire state, or it could have been the entire United States, and you usually had magic marker drawn from uh, the beginning point of your trip all the way to the end, all right? And it was marked up, and maybe you had little notes about where you're supposed to turn and all those things. And sometimes people got injured on those maps, you know, because of the sharp corners brushing them and cutting their eyes and, and things like that. But uh, nevertheless, that's, that's the way we did it back then. But now all you do is you take out your, uh, your smartphone, and the app that I use is called Waze. I don't know if you guys use Waze. Use Waze. That's the one I use. Some of you use Google Maps. Whatever. But anyway, you put in your location. You don't even have to put in the location you start, but you put in your destination, and it pops up there, you know, and it shows you the exact road. It tells you the direction. It tells you the minutes it's going to take or the hours and minutes it's going to take to drive there. It tells you the miles, and you can even adjust the little line of, uh, to go to different things that you want to see along the way. And it has suggestions as far as restaurants are concerned. And while you're driving along the way, it'll tell you when a policeman's coming up. Okay, it'll tell you those things. It'll tell you if there's a car on the shoulder, accident, a hit. It'll tell you everything. It's pretty awesome, you know. That little woman's voice comes on there and her sweet little demeanor, and it, it, it's pretty nice, okay. But the story of the directions that we're going to be talking about tonight and the trip that we're going to talk about tonight is comes from Exodus and, and part of Numbers as well. But Paul says this concerning those particular scriptures. He says in 1 Corinthians 10, 1 and 4, For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud. Okay? And the cloud gave direction. You probably didn't think of that a lot. But the cloud gave direction. You are all under the cloud, and they all passed through the sea. And they were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And they all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. God provided. God provided for them spiritually, provided for them physically, provided for them food for their soul. He provided food for them to be nourished with. And drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. And that rock, isn't that interesting? was Jesus Christ, okay? Obviously, when I plan a trip, I pull out the smartphone, I decide where that I'm going to be going, and um, uh, 
I, I make all of the plans, you know, and I, I generally, it's really a special thing for me when we stop and eat. And I, I, I know trips, and I can't remember what else I did, but I remember every restaurant that we stopped at and what I ate, okay? And I like road trips, okay? I remember when I was a little kid, and we went on a vacation to Rio Doso, New Mexico. Anybody ever been there? Real popular place, I can tell. <laughs> three people, three Four, five, five people. Okay. Rio Doso's up in the mountains of southern New Mexico. And uh, my dad loved horse racing. He wasn't a big gambler, but he was a horse guy. So we went to the horse races on vacation. And we're in Rio Doso. We're ready to leave after the All-American Futurity on Labor Day. And that used to be the world's richest horse race. Most people don't know that. But anyway... We, we drove away from Rio Doso. It's getting dust. The sun's going down. And we had one of the Rand McNally maps, okay? And, and we're driving along, and we drive and drive and drive. And Dad finally says, you know, that turn we should have come to about an hour ago. Well, my grandma was traveling with us. And, and Grandma wasn't real good on directions. But Dad was trying to figure out where we were. So we pulled over to the Enco station. How many of you remember Enco stations? A few, not many, but anyway, pulled over the Enco station. Dad's trying to determine where we're at. Mom and I, we go in and get a Coke or something like that. We're coming out, and Grandma's hollering, like, we're at Enco. We're at Enco. She thought that was the name of the city. But anyway, we get Grandma calling down and convinced that we're not in Enco. We figure out where we are, but we're about 90 miles out of the way. You know, and I don't know if you feel bad when those kind of things happen, but it's kind of a sickening feeling that you have to drive another hour and a half through the darkness of the desert of New Mexico. But we were lost. We were basically going in circles. <laughs> Do you ever feel like that you're going in circles? We don't like to admit it to everybody. But sometimes things just aren't going in the right direction, going the way that we want them to go. Do you ever wish that Jesus would just show up maybe in a cloud and show you the way to go? Point, say this way, do that. I remember one time being on a trip, and it was a big deal. And the trip was going to Red Rock Canyon in Hinton, Oklahoma. That may not be anything to any of you, but that was a big deal to us when we were kids. We go there, and we get to climb up the cliffs of the canyon. There was a swimming pool down there. There was a pond for fishing. But we were going to Red Rock Canyon, and it was me and Mom and about nine kids in the car. And we had this station wagon, an Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, okay, and it had the third seat in the back that you set up and added more people, and you could squeeze lots of little kids in there. But I remember going along, and something was happening in the back of the Vista Cruiser. And there was quite a commotion. Dad slowed the car down and goes, hey, you guys, calm down. We drove on a little further, and he said, I have had enough. Apparently, those in the back seat had not had enough. And they just continued on and on and on. Dad said, if you guys don't stop it, I'm turning this Vista Cruiser around. He didn't use the term Vista. I'm turning this car around, and we're going home. They didn't calm down. 
And you know what dad did? He turned the vehicle around, and we went home. And I remember crying because I was looking so forward to going to Red Rock Canyon, and I hadn't done anything for once. And I was having to pay for what they did in the back. I didn't think that was very fair. I asked my mom, oh, not too long ago, if she remembered that. And she said, barely. And I said, well, it doesn't matter. I said, it's going to be good sermon material here in a couple weeks anyway. So anyway, I paid the price for what other people did. And I learned out of that trip that our journey is sometimes affected by other people. The Jews took a trip that lasted for 40 years. They didn't travel in a station wagon. They traveled under a cloud. They didn't have a smartphone. They didn't have a Rand McNally map either. But somewhere in or above that cloud was God. And beneath the cloud was Israel. They weren't known as Israel at that particular time, but that was the children of Israel. It was Abraham's children. They thought... <coughs> They were a bunch of fleeing slaves from Egypt. For 400 years, they were slaves in Egypt, and they got away. And their story is shared in Exodus and Numbers, as I mentioned before. They were headed for what they called the promised land. And today, if we were traveling there, it would have had to have been someplace with a Walmart and a McDonald's. Today, oh, this was a land with milk and honey, and it flowed. It was where all of their dreams were supposed to come true. Millions of them are traveling together, and Moses is their leader, but it wasn't him who told the slaves where to go or give them directions. He was the physical leader there. It was God who did that. And the cloud talked to Moses. One time the cloud came between them and some people who wanted to capture them Again, and then we go back to the book of Exodus, chapter chapter 13, beginning with verse 21. And the scripture says, By day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them, and on their way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. In verse 22, Neither the pillar of cloud... By day, nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. Then in Exodus 40, 36 through 38, In all the travels of the Israelites, whenever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, they, could, they would set out. But if the cloud did not lift, they did not set out. Do you see there? Moses wasn't directing this. God was. When the cloud stayed, the people stayed. When the cloud went, they went. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day, and the fire was in the cloud by night, and in the sight of all the Israelites during all of their travels. And then in Numbers 9, 22 and 23, the scripture says, whether the cloud stayed over the tabernacle for two days or a month or a year, the Israelites would remain in camp and not set out. But when it lifted, they would set out. 
At the Lord's command, they encamped, and at the Lord's command, they set out. They obeyed the Lord's order in accordance with his command through Moses. It was the cloud that kept them together. It was the cloud that gave them direction. And I think you could even stretch it out to say it was the cloud that gave them their provision. It gave them something to eat. But just before they got to the promised land, some people messed up. And I guess figuratively speaking, you could say they were the kids in the back seat of the station wagon. They messed up and they, they really blew it in front of God. And God said, let's turn this station wagon around. And they drove in circles for 40 years. Wow. Can you imagine some of those people that are following along in the children of Israel? They go, I didn't do anything. I didn't mess up. They did it. What's the lesson? Probably several lessons that we could learn here. What's the point? I think the point is we travel together as God's people. You're not the Lone Ranger. We're all in this thing pointing in the same direction, going together. At least we should be. We share faith. And here we are in this room together because we all decided that we're going to follow Jesus. That's our common bond. We sit in this room because we follow Jesus. Sometimes people sin. Sometimes people fall away that are close to us. Sometimes I fail. Sometimes I sin. And it causes us to lose time on our trip. God's people travel together. Good trip at times. Rough trip at times. You know, the rough trips are the ones we remember. You know? Seems like we learn something in our physical being as we travel on vacations and we have those difficult trips. I remember the trip to Colorado that my family took. And pardon me for the personal example again, but we're traveling to uh, uh, Denver, Colorado. But we're going to go to southern Colorado first or more southern, south central Colorado. And we're going to go to the Royal Gorge. Now, you may have not been to Red Rock Canyon, but many of you have been to the Royal Gorge, right? So we go there. We get Pueblo, Colorado. We turn to the west, and we go up to Canyon City, and we go up to the Royal Gorge, and we see it. It's a beautiful, wonderful sight. It's exciting, you know, to see that big crack in the surface of the earth. And, you know, it, it was pretty cool. But we're coming home, and we're looking at the Rand McNabb. And we can go back to Pueblo this way, or we can take this state road this way, up to Colorado Springs, because that was our destination for that night. Some of you probably know what road I'm talking about because you've made that mistake too. We turn and we go up through there. And we pass through a tunnel in the mountain. When we pass through the tunnel in the mountain, we get to, we run out of uh, Blacktop Road. It's all dirt and gravel. And finally, we get to places where we're making hairpin turns around corners and we meet a travel trailer coming toward us and a pickup. And one of us has to back up. Well, station wagon backs up. 
So we back up as far as we can to a wide place in the road so he can safely turn around and not go down into the, in the canyon beside us. It added about four hours to our trip, and we thought it was going to cut off about two, uh, at least a third of the time. But we remembered that, and the next time we went to Colorado, we didn't take Phantom's Pass again. We learned things about those rough times, okay? We learned through rough times. What does it mean when we travel together? Does it mean that we all like the same thing all the time? We're traveling together as the body of Christ, His local expression right here at Hope Worship Center. Does it mean we like everything the same? Do we like the same music? No. What it means is that we need to love each other and we need to try to understand each other. Some of us have a good sense of direction and some of you don't. We balance each other out. It's much like your marriage, you know. In the house of God, it's like the marriage. Some of you do things good here, and others do good here, and some of you don't do good in that same area over here, and some don't. But we balance one another out in the body of Christ. We love each other. Try to understand one another. And some of us, I'm going to leave that part out. We're supposed to love each other and figure out how to make this trip. We're going to figure out how to make the trip more enjoyable for, for one another while all of us share the different likes and the different dislikes. Not a lot of things to take notes on yet, but here are some things that I want you to remember tonight. Number one, sometimes we're all going to go in circles. Doesn't mean you did anything wrong. Doesn't mean you sinned. Sometimes it's because we choose poorly. Sometimes it's because we just didn't use good judgment. Sometimes it's because someone else did something dumb who was close to us in our life. The important thing is when we're going through a rough trip, when we're going through rough times in our life, we have to ask ourselves every time, okay, God, what are you trying to teach me in the middle of this struggle that I'm going through right now? What are you trying to train me in? What am I learning right now in this hard time? we got to make it productive wherever we are in life. Number two, what happens to us happens to all of us. What do you mean, Pastor? What happens to one of us happens to all of us. Janelle, she's going through this thing with her leg and her back. We should all be touched. Robbie had her second back surgery the other day. We should all be touched by that. Many of us had many calamities that have gone on in our lives. How have we felt about that? Sometimes a lot of us feel, well, if it's not happening to me, it's just not happening. But the pains and the heartaches and the wounds that the body of Christ experienced and that we know about, we should also be touched by those things. By the same token, when someone gets blessed, shouldn't we rejoice? Shouldn't we shout 
when one of our brothers and sisters get their healing, when somebody gets a financial blessing, something happens in the family that is just wonderful, shouldn't we shout? You know, I was so disappointed to find out that there are people in body of Christ that don't rejoice in my blessing. Have you ever run across those kind of folks? They don't really care whether I get blessed or not. They don't really care if anybody else gets blessed. If it's happening to them or other people, it's not happening to them, so it's not happening. What we need to understand is that because of our profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have entangled ourselves around the cross, and we come into contact with one another Physically, we come into contact with one another emotionally, and we come into contact with one another spiritually. And we are all part of the same body. Some of us have different gifts. As a matter of fact, all of us have different and diverse gifts. But guess what? They all enhance one another. And we should all be touched by everyone's blessings and by everyone's hurts and pains as well. Number three. All of us want clear directions, don't we? It'd be great to have a cloud. It'd be great to be able to see at night with a pillar of fire over us. It'd be great to have the Lord speaking out of the cloud and saying to us where exactly that we're supposed to go. We want an 11-foot Jesus to show up and tell us when, where, and who. I want step-by-step, one, two, three, ABC. I need a cloud, I need dreams, I need visions to make it clear. We want all those things to be our nice little lady who speaks over ways to us and gives us directions. Or maybe it's better that we do it like the Word says and understand this. He says, lo, I am with you always. Do we really believe that? He says, we're two or more gathered in my man name. Hey, fellas, gals, I'm going to be there too. Do we really believe that? We follow him. And you know something? He follows us too. He gets involved where we go. He gets involved with what we do, our jobs, everything we do. He follows us around. We follow him, yeah. It's kind of this mutual thing. Number four, we may go in circles, but we don't have to go in circles alone. Do you remember that person in your life that maybe when you were smaller, young kid, that when you were with them, that you kind of knew that everything was going to be okay. That, that person was my dad. He had his issues and things, but he was strong. And when I was with my dad, didn't matter where we are, even that night in southern New Mexico, I knew it was going to be all right. Dad was there. You have that person in your life? You just knew it was going to be okay. Maybe you lost that person and kind of felt lonely. 
because you weren't sure? Who are you traveling with in life? You might want to look around you. Obviously, your husband, your wife. When the kids are younger, we have the kids in tow. But we're a body of Christ. We're traveling together through the good, through the bad, in the community, in the church, in family, individually. What I want to make sure that you do is I want to make sure that you don't try to travel alone. Don't travel on your own in this life. People that try that, I remember people coming to me and saying, I don't need to go to church to serve God. And I tell them, yes, you do. Because I need you. And if you'll be honest, you need us too. Well, there's just hypocrites there at the church. And I tell them, where else are you going to find a hypocrite? There's hypocrites everywhere. There's hypocrites at the OU Stadium. I go watch them play. I sit by those people. And they're great when they're doing good, but they hate them when they're doing bad. They're hypocrites. I know that's funny, but you can find a hypocrite everywhere. So why isn't that an excuse for not going shopping at the grocery store? There's hypocrites there too. Don't do it alone. We need you, and you need us. Jesus is there. He's always going to be there. You know, I said that a while ago. He promised when we gather in his name that he's going to be right there with us, guys. But we also need brothers and sisters who are going to walk with us. You remember those dark days in your life when the brothers and sisters came around you? and assisted you, and lifted your hands, and walked with you. We're making this journey together, and it may seem like we're going in circles sometimes, but we're going in circles with other people as well. Virginia, I remember when you had cancer, you didn't have to walk alone. You haven't had to walk alone through the trials that you've been in. There have been people there so many times. Would you stand? Directions. To take a trip, you need directions and you need provision. Heavenly Father, we're on a journey. We're taking a trip together. And we know what the final destination is going to be. We believe we're going to heaven. But, Lamb of God, while we have our feet planted on the dust of this earth, there are turns, there are mountains, there are valleys, there are rivers. There are all kinds of things that we're going to face. We're going to lose direction. We're going to wander in circles sometimes. But, Lamb of God, we're asking you to be the ultimate cloud, director of our lives that we can follow. Lamb of God, we're asking as a body of Christ, come closer 
and that we love one another and we experience the heartache and the rejoicing in one another's lives. Father, we just want to give you the honor and give you the praise today. When we get lost, you always have something to teach us. We always have something to learn. We love you, Lord. We honor you and give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. I think there's a truck coming in at the fireworks building tonight. If anybody can go out there, I would encourage you to do so. If you can't, certainly we understand that. But don't forget Brent and Vicki's farewell next week. We want to bless them, okay? God bless you. Have a wonderful week.